I'm Ryan Johnson. I'm Tyler Schmidt. I'm Lou Janu. And this is Car Talk, a podcast about trading cards. We're here to teach you everything you need to know about flipping cards. Whether it's the next breakout rookie, a new Magic the Gathering release on the way, or Pokemon's 25th anniversary, we'll break it all down. So sit back and listen up. Those cards collecting dust in your closet could make you some real cash. Welcome to Card Talk. Welcome back to Card Talk. Ryan here, joined by Tyler and Lou. And to get right into today's episode, where we've got a nice interview lined up with Tyler Wagner, former Major League Baseball pitcher. We're going to talk with him about how he got into the hobby, uh, what it's like to see your face on a baseball card, and how stock trading is just like trading cards. So, uh, as we yeah. get into the as and we get into I just want to jump in real quick. One of the things about Tyler that we really went into yes. that we don't talk a lot about enough, I think, in the the macro of the hobby is the sale, is the exit, is the is the getting the actual ROI on the card. Yes. We really went in on that with realized Tyler. values. Yeah, realized values. And so yep. I just uh, we left we all three of us we recorded that last Thursday, almost a, a week prior to this coming out. I think you should really spend time listening to that interview. There's a lot of good in there about the operations, and all of a sudden you find yourself, you know, either a thousand or ten thousand in on cards, and then there's actually a process that you have to go through, and it's not just easy to say, okay, well now I have this much in cards. You have to make the sale, and what that means, and the responsibility that that holds. Absolutely, Lou and I talked about that before the show started about realizing that sale, selling stuff, making money, and going through that. So that'll. Uh... It'll definitely be a, a fun conversation for our listeners. But Saturday recently was National Baseball Card Day. So just wanted to pass it around to you two and get your uh, your take on that and then get into some topics around baseball. Yeah, it seemed like it was a pretty fun weekend. I'm sure you had a ton of fun in the shop. Um, baseball season in general for me is my favorite. So um, I was checking in. I saw some cool hits. I didn't see any autos come out. You were saying how the, the autographs are a little bit harder to push. I would like to hear you talk through that a little bit for the audience, too. Um, but it was just a big weekend in baseball in general. Fernando Tatis is absolutely on fire. Yep. Yeah. One thing we preach a lot, I was talking to someone in the art market today, even getting into it. And he brought up, he's like, you know, with, with the art market, you got to focus on what you enjoy and what you like. And that's so much the same game here. A lot of the phone calls or outreach I get is what should I buy? What should I pay attention to? And it's like, well, what are you interested in? And as the days go by, I find myself, caring less and less about baseball. Um, you know, I grew up a massive Yankee fan. I know Judge is like on top of the world right now. But uh, it was a fun conversation with Tyler and tying in National Baseball Day, um, National Baseball Card Day. One thing with that, what I kind of, when I first started doing research around uh, cards, seeing like the different things that they release at um, national, at the national, at the show, like the, the different little products that come out, one of my favorite cards, which I sold way too early, but that's a learning, was uh, uh, an Mbappe Father's Day card. So I like just these little products that come out for different reasons and have a little bit of different collectability to them that I've seen they pop up and you get them graded nice. Like there's there's always some random variations that they do. So I'd love to just hear you you know talk a little bit about what Tops put together um, for this. And it'll be fun to see two, three years from now you know, that if that card carries a premium because it's tied to, oh, that was when the shortened season happened or all those types of things. Yeah. So essentially it was how it's supposed to work is the card store owners get uh, packs of cards directly from tops. 
they cost stores money. They're not super expensive. But essentially what happens is somebody walks into the store and they get a free pack of cards just for coming in. It's got five cards in it. You can pull autographs. Um, I think we gave away almost 100 packs and had, I only saw like, I would say half of them opened and there was only one autograph. Um, so they're not, like Lou mentioned, they're not super easy to pull, but they've got autographs in there. They've got Luis Robert rookies. So that's, that's a, a, a big, uh, a big get in that free pack. Um, but yeah, it was just a, it was a busy day for sure. A lot of people in a lot about baseball more than normal. I would say for sure. You could definitely tell it was national baseball card day because there was a lot more discussion about baseball, a lot more buying baseball, a lot more looking for baseball than normal. Um, it's, it's typically pretty basketball focused at this point where I'm at more football, but, but Saturday was Saturday was definitely a baseball day for sure. Yeah, and and just the different chat groups, you know, I'm in, and, and different ways to pull insights, and I think that's something that everyone, no matter what industry you're in or what passion or curiosity you have, you kind of find, okay, where am I? Where, how am I keeping my finger on the pulse? And there's no question that over the last five days, you know, comparatively so to the last ninety, like baseball has been in more conversation. For I think sure. you're starting to see a groove in terms of the games. Uh, Acuna, and again, I speak to this with not too much knowledge, but I, I, I guess Acuna came back, was hitting well. But, uh, that could Lou is the three case. home runs yesterday and, yeah. and double header, three bombs. Yeah. Judges warming up. You're starting to see baseball hit a groove, and then Tatis, major story out of ESPN today. He's been kind of starting to dominate some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's it's fun, and there's always a, a tip of the cap to you know the baseball card industry is what birthed everything that you're seeing right now it, basketball you can you can say it's a clear number two in historical i have a big you know passion for soccer it was fun to see aaron go live today and do a big sale i think you're going to start seeing a big swat there so it's fun to see baseball in the mix and um you know that that gary did that tops thing so it, it's it was uh it was neat and then having the conversation with tyler backed up so um yeah i, I enjoy all things baseball i don't own or collect or spend much time but yeah, I would love to hear you guys' thoughts. We also spent a lot of time early on in this podcast, episode 1-2, talking about this was pre-sports coming back, how would things play out. Baseball got off to a shaky start. A couple teams pushed back. One hand, people are like, of course they're going to play in the World Series. Other are like, it's impending. You know, they're they're going to shut it down. Um, would love to hear how you guys think about all that. And we'll get into that because Lou and I feel very differently about the the – the finality of the baseball season. Someone thought baseball season would be over by now and someone didn't. <laughs> we got a long way to go. But I think the big thing for me is uh, we wanted to talk about like prospects from this year's class because Robert's good, Lux, Jordan, Kyle Lewis hitting the ball well. I think the big thing I took away from it is the young stars in baseball and how many there really are. Luis, Robot, Luis Robert crushing the ball. Tatis star Acuna like even Judge is pretty young Soto just won last year he's a star like so many of the of the stars in baseball right now are one two three years in I think that's the interesting take I have at this point is the bigger names in baseball right now are all really really young it's going to be interesting to see how that shapes out yeah I agree with you I think you know Given that the season is going to go into the playoffs and there's going to be an extended playoff this year, I think you're going to get an opportunity to see a lot more of the uh, the younger stars, like the guys like Kyle, like Kyle Lewis is going to have a shot, I think, to make it in the playoffs. Um, 
yeah, Soto obviously is back now. Fernando Tatis cannot be stopped. He's literally unconscious. Can't stop hitting home runs. Judge is judge. I, I hate Aaron Judge. And then Acuna's back on fire now, too. So um, I would love to who get into Who are those that guys, to that point, who are those guys is on a club that's poised for, like, a deep run? Obviously, Soto... Are they still firing on all yeah, cylinders? Yeah, they're, they're, they're gonna they're gonna be in the playoffs, right? Like this is what's gonna yeah, happen. It's There's kinda so like many the teams. Trey and Luca. Like Trey, for all he is as a prospect, isn't in the conversation right now. Yeah, I would say you know the Padres last year weren't a very good team. This year they're they're good. So I think they're gonna make a they're gonna make a pretty decent run here. Like they were all the Dodgers heels last weekend, playing really really well. Um, so there's not really. I'm trying to think of who. I don't want to speak out of turn. Now I'm gun shy because I got called out a couple weeks ago. But uh, I was going to say, don't ask Lou about yeah, the Braves. Don't ask Lou it about the Braves. It might not go well. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, like I think a lot of these young guys are going to have a chance to shine here in the playoffs. So I think it's going to be a, a lot of eyes on baseball in the next few months. And we, but, we already saw it with with Tatis in the last week. His prices are so crazy. Let's get into that because we get asked this a lot. Like, what happens if the season canceled? We saw today the report going around: Big Ten football gets canceled. Like. Stuff's going to happen with sports getting canceled. So if baseball gets canceled, I want to kind of have a discussion about Mm -hmm. what happens to card values for Tatis, for Robert, if they cancel. And is we could go into the same breath or the same conversation, Lou, about if they don't cancel, what happens to Luis, Robert, or Tatis if they make a serious run? Yeah, I would say in the event that the season is canceled, I think what's going on, like, let's say they cancel the season tomorrow, right? What you're going to see in my my per- personal perspective is Tatis is going to continue to rise because now there's a ton of hype on that guy. Like those cards are going for like 240-ish right now. I would I would say those cards would continue to rise. A guy like Robert, it might cool down a little bit because he hasn't made that much noise. Joe Adele, I thought he was going to come up and make a ton of noise. He made a massive error last night. It was kind of sad, but uh, so I think he would go Giving down. Giving up a home run. Yeah, it was tough. Like a classic Jose Canseco. Um <laughs> Yeah, it was it was it was crazy. Like yeah, hit it over the wall. Yeah, yeah he over, hit it, he, it was. Right. It almost looked intentional. It was. It almost looked Canseco. intentional. Yeah. So yeah. So I think guys like him, where the hype has not reached the point yet, those would go down. But like a same way a Luca, like it went down after the Corona, right? It would be the same thing. It would go down and then it would continue to rise again. I think that was what you would see with the Tatis and the Nakuna and a Soto. Yeah, we love to prospect, mm-hmm. right? We love to project out, and and to that point, we we when. Uh, immediate sports get canceled. You see the 10, 15%, 20% dip. And then it gets back to, Oh, how can I show that I'm smarter than everyone Mm -hmm. by picking up the guy that's going to perform? And it gets into that boom, 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 churn, churn, churn. So you'll see that I think with the prospects you saw it in hoops too, but now you're seeing even increased volatility, not only on the upside, but on the downside too, like we spoke about for a touch. So you'll, you'll, you'll see, go, 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 go build up. But then it, a potential to release a lot on the downside, like you mentioned, we talked about before, just to briefly touch on it. You know, Zion comes in eight games to really show his stuff, doesn't come out that healthy, shuts it down early. And now people are like having questions all over the place and you're, you're seeing values fall. And I don't think you'll see him pick back up much until Christmas. a picture comes out of him looking shredded, you know, a week before preseason. But, but that's no, all it takes. Until, yeah, until he starts to perform. You know what but I noticed the, the, as well, real quick? On our poll that we posted today, shout out to Jason who posted that poll. Uh, ja Morant was like blowing him out of the water. It was it was basically Ja versus Zion of who would you rather buy right now? And Ja was up like seventy, I think it was like seventy nine to twenty one or something like that. So that was pretty interesting and, for me. And I commented on that, and I think it's we talked about this a lot off off line here. But if Zion stays healthy, 
that's a huge if. If he stays healthy, Zion's going to have more hype around him. So I think there's more upside with him. But the, I think that's the big thing is, is Zion going to stay healthy? He's what, 20 years old and getting shut down for rest. It just, he looks out of shape. He's scoring a lot, but just looks just winded. And that that's reflective in his prices, right? I, I talked about it. A Zion 9.5 eight days ago was 475, 450 for a min gem. And I sold one last night for just, I think, a touch above 350. And that's a 20, what, 20, 25% drop in 10 days, eight days, whatever. That's that's a substantial uh, decrease. So I think, like Tyler said, is we get that picture of you know him shredded in the offseason, looking in shape, getting ready as we're a month and a half away from basketball or a month away from basketball. His stuff will shoot right back up. And mm-hmm. I think that's where we're going to be for a while is you're going to have a group of people that think Zion can't stay healthy. Zion's out of shape and he's going to be a bust. And then you're going to have a group of people that are going to be all in. This kid's the next LeBron. And you're going to have some people in the middle. And I just, it'll be interesting to watch because Zion's definitely got more hype around him. But I think, I think Jaws the safer play there. Yeah. Going back and, to the and, and back to it, we went baseball, basketball, bringing it back in just to kind of ground that is there's so much daily attention on active sports right now just yeah. because of, of the lack thereof. And then you combine that with the heat around this market right now. So much pers- prospecting and 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 thinking forward, you know, if you equate it to the gambling futures, you know, betting on the teams right now, even that is all out of out of place because there's so much unknown in hoops. But it goes to show that it's not all upside. It's you have to do the work. You have to be passionate about what you're putting your time into and make plays that you believe in. And then the gut of now it's down. Do I exit this or do I hold on? Yep. And we talked about that with Mike. And I think that's a great point, Tyler, that you bring up, right? If you bought Zion eight days ago for 475 or 450 and it's now 350, are you taking your $100 loss and putting your money back in where you can flip it again? Or are you waiting, hoping that you get to realize that value? And we'll talk about that with Tyler Wagner. When you've got something worth X amount of money, it's not worth that until you actually sell it, until you realize that value. Mm -hmm. So we'll get into that here in a minute. But I think that's a great point that. Cards go up and cards go down. Are you willing to take a loss? Can you stomach that to put the money back into play and try to reinvest it and try it, try it again? Or are you just like, hey, I'm not losing money on this until I absolutely have to. Let's sit on it for a while. So I think that's a that's a really good point. Yeah, I took an L, uh, 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 L on uh, 1990 uh, Fleer Jordan that I bought. I, I did like a kind of spray and pray approach to a lot of Jordan stuff leading up to the documentary. And that was one car that it was just like... I didn't love it. And I was like, let me take it. I think I took like a 15% loss. Take that and redeploy it elsewhere. And probably, I think I picked up like a Pokemon PSA nine and that's worked out well. So that's someone would just sit there and be like, Oh, I made a bad move and beat themselves up over it or get back in the game and, and go to it. And I think it's a great, great segue to go right into, uh, into Tyler now, because that's most of what we talk about here. Yep. So we just recently sat down with, with Tyler Wagner uh, he's had his face on a few different baseball cards before he has signed autograph contracts with, with tops. And we got to talk with him, all things, trading cards, pitching in the pros and even day trading stocks. So here is our interview with Tyler Wagner. Welcome back to card talk. This is Lou. I'm here with Ryan. I'm here with Tyler Schmidt and I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, Tyler Wagner, T Wags. What in up, the guys? flesh let's go um i'm sure i can go on on tyler for you know five ten minutes but i'm gonna let him 
explain himself a little bit right now? Cool, cool. Tell us about yourself. Uh, I grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, played baseball here growing up as a kid. Um, went to a, a private uh, school here my last two years of high school, Bishop Gorman. Um, that got me a lot of exposure. I played with a lot of good guys, Joey Gallo, Joey Rickard, Jeff Mom. I mean, just name the the group in, in Las Vegas baseball. Um, and I probably played with them, Chris Bryant, Bryce, all those guys growing up. Yeah. Um, then I got a uh, scholarship to the University of Utah to play shortstop. Um, so I went there in 2010, 11, 12. Um, my first year there, I just was a shortstop um didn't pitch much and then um later that season we had a we had a uh a junior shortstop and i mean he was going to play next year too so they were like hey why don't you try pitching um Mm -hmm. so i tried pitching in the conference tournament had a couple of like shutout innings my freshman year they were like sure look look okay so that next (laughs) summer i went and uh they were like we want you to go play summer ball so i went up to uh Kelowna British Columbia um in in canada and uh, played a summer there and just was just pitching bro i was having so much fun closing out games um and kind of just found that little like bulldog mentality closer mentality came back after that summer did you uh, ever think about pitching before no well so in high school like i had got on the mound they're like yeah you got a good arm but just no idea because when you're that talent like it transfers and you can play a position kind of before you went to before you went to bishop gorman yeah, exactly. You were just, I was just like so much better athletically. Yeah, like I could get everybody behind the plate. Like, and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I caught, I played shortstop center. Yeah. Um, gotcha. So then I came back from that, that summer of pitching um, and then led like the, the league, the, the Mountain West at the time in saves, ERA. I was like, you know, up there for stopper of the year. Um, and then we moved, <laughs> we moved from the Mountain West to the Pac-12. Uh, this was 2012. This was the first year <laughs> and much tougher conference shellacked. Um, yeah, I think we were, we were, we were like 14 and 42. I had two saves as oh. a closer. I was coming in like, you know, the Friday night in the fifth <laughs> inning just to get, you know, show the scouts yeah. what, what was going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so like, uh, you know, I, I had a terrible year, but I was throwing hard. The scouts were, you know, loving it. So I ended up getting drafted by the by the Milwaukee Brewers in the fourth round of the 2012 draft. Um, and then so, I, I mean, my, my minor league career, a lot of ups and downs. I went, um, you know, 2012, made my debut with the Brewers in 2015. Um, I went right from double A to the big leagues, um, made my debut. I was supposed to be up there. I mean, whatever. We had a uh, Willie Peralta went on the uh, DL with an oblique strain. So I'm like, dude, this is my. Chance. It's whatever. He, does, he doesn't remember every detail or anything. It's fine. This, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so, so this is this is this is the story. I go, this is my chance, bro. But oblique strain. That's you know, four weeks, whatever. I'll make a couple starts up here. Double A to the show. I'm like, dude, this is it. Get hit around in my debut. Like I think I went four innings, cut four, four runs or something. Paul right. Goldschmidt took me deep. Mm. i'm like dude whatever this isn't so bad like whatever mm. we mm. end up playing it goes into extra innings 17 innings we play 17 innings i'm like all right it's still not that bad we're going to st louis right after this you know jet everything right after the game we're like hey matt garza had to pitch tonight he was supposed to pitch tomorrow so we need another starter so you're going back to double a <laughs> uh. so i go right from the show 
um, supposed to go on the plane, supposed to meet my family afterwards. It, the game went so long, I didn't see a single person in my family for my debut. Oh, Flew yeah. right back to AA the next day, right back on the bus of the minor league grind was there. Oh, the brutal. brutal. So, uh, so at the end of that year, I get called back up in September, uh, make a couple more starts, and then um, that offseason, I get traded. Another crazy story, I was at Brewers Fan Fest in Milwaukee, flew me out, whatever, in the hotel room with all the guys, right about to go to, uh, I think it was called Carnival or Steakhouse, just in the best mood. Hey, Tyler, what's up? We just uh, traded you to the Diamondbacks. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. what? <laughs> so I had to leave FanFest, didn't go to FanFest, flew back home, oh. got traded to the Diamondbacks. Um, and then so like uh, six, this was uh, 2016. Um, then I pitched with them for a little bit, up and down, long relief, got hurt. Um, and then they DFA'd me. I got picked up by Texas. And then I played the last two years in AAA with Texas. Nice. So that's kind of like my baseball career. And, and uh, that stopped. I stopped playing in 2019. Who is the most talented dude you ever been around mm. in a clubhouse? That, and, and one that maybe we don't know about. Just from like stud. Yeah, don't give me Goldschmidt again. I was just, I mean, that's that's my number one because he took he took a, a sinker down in, he took an oppo home run. <laughs> um, just raw talent. That's gonna you're gonna have to give me a second for that because I, I I'm gonna think. How about, about like this? Some who who was the best high schooler? Like when you went to Bishop Gorman, who was the who was the dude that was like yo? D- did you were you like that was where that's where Harper's from, right? Yeah, he, out, went, out he went to Vegas. Las Vegas High School. Yeah, yeah. So we were played you... with him growing up, but he didn't. He gotcha. Didn't, he didn't come over to that high school. The, probably the best gotcha. player is one of my best friends right now. He no longer plays. He was with the Tampa Bay Rays for for a while. Is Jeff Malm? He was the Gatorade Player of the Year. Led the nation in hits. Um, I mean, just absolutely tore up high school baseball. Um, <laughs> and then instead of uh, going and accepting a scholarship to USC, he decided to to, to uh, sign with the Tampa Bay Rays got buried in their system for five, six, seven years. Um, you know, didn't let him do what, you know, he did best and hit and uh, they just toyed around with him. And now he's no longer playing, but absolute best high school player, Jeff mom, Gatorade player of the year, leader in hits. I mean, unreal. What a shout out for Jeff. Absolutely. And he's going to hear that. I'm going to see him today when we watch the Golden Perfect. Game. <laughs> so Tyler, you have this very uh, interesting and exciting baseball career. So where, mm-hmm. where did cards come into play? Like, how did you get into the card game? Um, I mean, a lot of it, you like thinking back into like back in the day where I'm, you know, we're baseball players, we're trying to go to practice, go to this field over here at spring training. Okay. You got to get to that field by this time and then go over here to stretch. And so like that, my, my like early memories was autograph seekers Mm -hmm. of like guys with books of my rookie card. And there was 30 or 50 of them. And they're like, Hey, what year was your Bowman? 2015. That was your first Bowman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually got. I have a. I have this nasty. This is my prize. This is my prize, Joy. You're not gonna. Be this able is to the best. That, maybe. Do you have the one of one? Nope, I can't find it. That's Let's crazy. See, uh, Someone oh. has to be sitting on that. The Fifty. Yeah, hundred percent. And I just actually. That's bought, so sick. I just actually bought. I don't know why for this the first time. I don't know why. I've never thought about this, but I, this isn't the first time I bought this box. I mean, it could and be sitting so, in there right now. A hundred percent. I'm like, dude, why didn't you think about buying your own bot that you're in? Like, why did you never think about this? So what? I literally Who's just in got it. No, Carlos Schwarber. Schwarber. I think yeah. Schwarber's in fifteen. Schwarber's mm-hmm. in fifteen. 
So yes, and it was Tyler cheap, Wagner. And I, yes, I overpaid for it for me. That's fine. <laughs> That's Tyler hilarious. So can you? So you you were your first memory is autograph seekers, and then mm-hmm. you're obviously signing for Bowman. You're signing for Tops, etc. You didn't actually collect, start collecting until post career. Um, I'm so 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 the other thing is this this uh ouch this this um frame up there is a collection yep. of of what me and my dad collected. So Got like it. back in the day, I mean, I was collecting you know Jeter rookie cards, Maguire. So so we had in in Vegas we had the uh, home run derby. It was called Big League Weekend, and mm-hmm. for some reason I still can't comprehend why they used to have a home run derby here in Vegas with Conseco, Maguire, Barry Bonds. Todd Helton. Uh, I mean, just the names. So like every yeah. time they were here um, playing at Cashman Field, which was the, the minor league field, I, I would go and I would get autographs from all those guys. I have bats from Barry Bonds. I have, I mean, my collection of like personal stuff that I've got from Harold Reynolds. I mean, just n- name the guys that were there at the, and it, so that's, that's kind of another memory that hits home with me is actually getting their autographs. And I'll never forget. I was, I asked, Barry Bonds for a, a ball and he signed it. And then I asked him for a bat right after he said, son, one item. That's, That's wild. Good. And I was like, Imagine. oh my, this is ruthless. But yep. right, cool, whatever. Keep it you moving. Control your Keep it moving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that. Exactly. I like that play, honestly. <laughs> no, uh, no, it's yeah, put product in the market. So, That's I mean, great. I've had a, a bunch of, um, you know, hobby wise, just little things that kept sticking with me over the time of like, okay, like, you know, like little things that pop up. You're like, okay, that's cool. Like, why does that guy collect that? Or why does this guy do that? And so um, kind of when I stopped playing is when the, you know, re reemergence of this market kind of hit and um, the national was, was kind of the thing that, I mean, really brought me in. That was, that was like on a whim. I booked the trip and I was like, dude, I'm going whatever. And at that time, this is another crazy thing. At that time, I was doing um, so. Right after I got done playing, I, I started doing all of um, Trevor Bauer, his social media, his YouTube build out, off the field endorsements, um, merchandise, pretty much everything. So this was the national was literally right in the middle of the trade deadline as well mm-hmm. last year. So I just decided to book this trip, like whatever you know, nothing's gonna happen. Oh, and then he so got I'm dealt. at the net. Na- he got he got, he got dealt, bro. I'm trying to I'm trying to yes. make graphics of new trades. I'm trying to do this in the middle of the national, <laughs> and so I mean that that was kind of like the the thing that sparked it. And I mean the national. If I mean if you don't, uh, you know Changed everybody listening to this, Changed if you don't life. get a chance to go there, I mean it is that is that is what sucked me in of like seeing the uh, the just the amount of people that all are just locked into this one thing. And it was like, dude, this is unreal. And that was a year ago. Yeah. So I have been for uh, the last 10 years to that show gosh. in a row. And every time I walk in, there is nothing in the world. Like if you've never been that you just can't under, you just can't comprehend what it's like when you walk in and it's just cards everywhere. The first table you see, it's like, they make this card. They make this card. It's there's nothing like it. It's yeah. it's the best. And just also seeing the different price, like same card. You you do one walkthrough, and you're like, before I even started playing the game, right? I'm like, all right, I got a couple people in mind. I go, 
you you got soccer. You get to know who's doing what. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I'm like Michael Porter Jr. was my guy. You walk around. Some people selling them for 22, some for 25, some for 27, and then some. I'm like, okay, hold up. Three days later, one car like all of a sudden gets hot in the national. Bought a Michael Porter Jr. silver for 20, sold it for like 35. And what we were talking about pre-interview a little bit is like, oh, shit. Like, there's all levels to people either paying attention or not. People personal collect people or not, so they don't give a fuck about paying the rip. Mm-hmm. Like, there's ways to play the game. And then and then when you go into the different pockets, crew over here that's dealing vintage basketball, all this, the, the sets that are like under these guys' uh whatever displays it's just mm-hmm. absolutely mind-blowing and then the best i mean we rye we met there that was i think around the time i of met like in i met tyler in yep. front of your booth yep. yeah so uh-huh. which yeah. is funny bar, i think the, the community aspect yeah the, the booth was, was definitely popping a little bit <laughs> it was definitely popping a little bit uh but yeah such good memories so National. good yeah unreal so Tyler, I think what a lot of people are going to be curious about is the signing process of how that all goes, just to get back to that a little bit. Can you talk us through, number one, like, what does it look like when they approach you like, hey, we want you to sign for Bowman this year? Number two, how many cards are you realistically signing? I'm not sure if you're even allowed to say that. And then three, like, how does that whole process go? Like, just walk us through it. Yeah, I think it really depends on like what kind of prospect you are, or, you know, mm-hmm. where you were drafted, how you're playing currently. Because I didn't, I got drafted in 2012. I had, I believe, one Panini that was like maybe 2014, and then mm-hmm. I didn't get a card until 2015 Bowman. And so, like, you got to get yourself on the radar to the point where they actually, you know, want your autograph in the product. Um, and then, kind of after that, it's, um, I would say, the deals now are pretty standard. Um, yep through your agent, you know, contract sign and it's, it's per signature. So, um, I think a lot of these deals now, um, you know, are they're, they're signed. I think I signed 5,000 cards mm-hmm. at once. And so like On not even or stickers, both. And both. so Panini, yeah, Panini was stickers and then Bowman was on card all on card. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Cause, cause I had the stack of those and then mm-hmm. Panini, you just have, you just have a, a yeah, like, like the, the sheets, sheet, right? papers full yeah. of stickers. Yeah. And so, and, and looking back at that process, I mean, so I, I, I just pulled up my, this, this is my old computer from like 2012. And so mm-hmm. on that computer, for some reason, just, I always film a bunch of stuff. I set up a GoPro of me that's signing sick. all those cards. So I look back and I see, I'm like, dude, that's my, that's like my one of 50 right there. That's my cool <laughs> auto that I'm signing right And But at that time, I'm like, dude, I don't know what this is. Like, who cares? Yeah, it about doesn't matter. One of 50, I don't care. But mm-hmm. now it's like, dude, I know guys that are about to sign that, I mean, questionable Giannis, questionable. Like, there's, there's different things that you're like, dang, that one of 50, I mean, mm-hmm. could be a lot right now. Yeah. Um, and so like my mindset was not even thinking about what it's worth, what it, who collects this. I'm just getting paid per signature. I'm like, dude, I'll sign them. You got a million signatures I can do because yeah, I'll yeah. keep them coming. And so, yeah, at that time I'm like, whatever you guys want. But, um, and then, so that process, you send those cards back and then you don't, I mean, you, that's all you hear about it as a player. Okay. You're like, yeah. Cool. And then, so then you'll start seeing some pop up either on eBay or just start seeing, you know, um, the, the, the base card that I didn't sign now they're wanting those, you know, signed. 
And so now, okay, well, what's the difference between, you know, a, a tops authenticated signature and then me actually signing in person, meaning like a fan would come up and ask you to sign. Yeah. Is that what, mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Got it. And so that, that card doesn't have the, you know, place where it's a little bit wider where you're going to sign. So you can tell that that's a base card. And then these are the ones that tops actually, you know, intends for signatures. Yeah. And so I then you kind of put those two together. Good content. Uh, I, that question gets asked a lot by newer folks entrance into the hobby and a lot of times people that have connections to athletes of say hey yeah like everybody what asks if, me all the time yeah like, what if i sign it's that? better if they sign for tops you don't want yeah you, you don't want to pull a base and have your boy sign uh-huh. it like it's not gonna uh-huh. it's gonna actually de- it devalue it maybe like because mm-hmm. people aren't buying it for that it's the authenticated kind of version of it something that mm-hmm. and gonna just shift gears a little bit because even in our pre-conversation i think so much of what I've tried to communicate with this show, you've had similar feelings about in terms of just what being what being in the game does for you um, and how approaching it as a um, a business practice and um, an educational journey that can be you know uh, um, replicated in different areas. If you follow mm-hmm. Tyler on uh, on social, you, you notice he does a lot in the stock market as well, which has had a massive cultural, you know, mm-hmm. not res- not resurgence but explosion in terms of re- access with Robinhood. It's funny. You know, my dad's a, a broker and he works uh, on the high end, and it's still to for me to trade with my dad fifty dollars for a single trade. Right now, See, Robinhood that's I'm on that TD Ameritrade, baby, zero commission. Yeah, zero and but th- that, that's a that's a new phenomenon. So what it's done yeah. is it, it's it's led it's to insane. an explosion of um, media around it, people mm-hmm. talking about buying and selling stocks on, on intraday, which ten years ago was not necessarily a thing. You had to go through years and years of schooling, and then you had a, a an advisor to do that stuff for you. And I think there's a lot of replicatable stuff, but to society, to the everyday man trading stocks and day trading is a noble practice but mm-hmm. to uh the outside of you you do you're a grown man running a sports card business is a little bit of like mm-hmm. you know go hang with the weirdos over there but it's it's real and i think what when i look at your stuff the approach of you know understanding different indicators to look at as tech is evolving both with all the new marketplaces star stock see some of these different things that are coming out and, and making it more replicatable. And then something also of over the last five years being around Gary, the amount of startups that have come through of this is going to be the way that fans can invest in, in athletes that you can buy them on this exchange now. And every time and again, to my understanding, it's fizzled out. And then I'm like, oh, this is it. This is the way that people can make early investments into athletes and then sell it. So I would just love to hear from you about what that journey has been like from for you and the buying and selling and how that's maybe helped or different practices you've taken from the stock market to understanding, you know, product supply and demand mm-hmm. the whole nine. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the, the two are, I mean, so similar in my eyes, just diving in the last, you know, six to eight months of the correlation between, I mean, the, the basics of supply and demand. I mean, it really is the basics of supply and demand of, um, you know, and, and, and what you mentioned with the stock market and different indicators is that's why, you know, I've shifted a lot of my energy towards the stock market just because there's so much more information. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is the way I describe it now is like, imagine if I could buy 
you know, 50 Mike Trout rookie PSA 10s, the morning of that I know that he's going to face a pitcher that I know is not very good and that he has the potential to hit one or two home runs, he does that, and then I can sell 50 PSA 10 Mike Trout rookies that afternoon and take the mini profit. Mm-hmm. That is what the stock market is is like right now. You can bet on earnings. You could you could bet on you know bad information. You could buy on Microsoft. You know maybe buying TikTok. Oh well, price shot up six percent right there. Yeah, and so like just being able to um, take some of that information and make a predicted guess based on some of the information that you have, and being able to have more information than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, is huge in the stock market. And I think the data and the way that analytics are going and the way that the market is going is going to be more of that. You're going to be able to see, like I can see when a stock moves from its trading relative volume and now it's trading at two times that relative volume. Yeah. Why is that? Does somebody does, does somebody know something that I don't? Okay, they're buying. Why are they buying? So now you can make, educated guesses based on other data that you have if you could see that all of a sudden you know uh 10 mike trout rookies just went off ebay like right now boom right okay wh- why is that what happened oh mm-hmm. dang he just hit five home runs mm-hmm. it's like yeah. you know michael I mean? porter if you jr had those 30 tools. and 15 back-to-back nights happening with the nba you're starting to see mm-hmm. it a lot more and i think what is fascinating right on that is the tech will always catch up. There's an amazing white space right now for innovation, both and, and you know, where the the endemics, the people that have been in the game, they're the ones with the most resources. And if they move fast, I mean, they're going to really make some some serious heat. Yeah, and it, it, it's, I mean, it's so exciting to see what, what these companies are doing. I mean, you got so many that are, you know, trying to do what we're describing and who's yeah. going to be the first to market. And it's yep. like this is this is a special time in the hobby to see, you know, whether it's card ladder, whether it's, you know, uh slab yeah. stocks, whether it's star stock, whether it's eBay, whether it's stock X, whether it's Com C. Yeah. Literally, there are so many that it's like somebody is gonna find the formula that is gonna work. Yeah. And you know, I'm I'm just kind of now I've positioned myself where I'm kind of waiting for that to happen mm-hmm. because um, you know, like we talked about pre, you know, pre-show, it's just so much when you're selling one card here and then I'm, you know, oh dang, I'm in Cali today, but I sold that card. Now I got to come back here. I got to put it in a package. I got to ship it out. And so if you're not truly committed to really engulfing yourself in the buying and selling every day, the bubble mailers, the Dymo printer, if you don't, you know what I mean? Like if you're cutting paper still, the time yeah. that you're going to be able to do that and the amount of cards you're going to be able to ship is going to be reduced. And then you're going to constantly be stuck in in this get up of over that hump. And so that's that's the biggest thing that I've noticed is like, if you're really going to take this serious, you're going to take this serious. I tried, you know, breaking on Instagram for, I think, maybe four days. And I'm like, bro, if I'm not on this tomorrow and they're not expecting, you know, that they're going to have this quality of service. And I can't provide that now. All of a sudden, I'm providing that for one week, and then all of a sudden, I'm doing a break every two weeks. Like you just got no shot. So I think the biggest the biggest thing for me is really having an intention of where do you want to be, and then those your actions aligning with that. Because if you if you think that you're going to make a hundred thousand dollars flipping, 
you know, $7 cards to 14. And, and I bet I bought hundreds, hundreds of cards for $2 and flip them and flip them and flip them. And you, I mean, you can learn a lot in that biz, but if you're thinking that you're going to take it to the next level and all of a sudden you're going to have a sports card business or own a shop or like that, you know what I mean? Like you have to be realistic about what your intentions are, what the end goal is, and then make those actions align with that. It's a, it's a great point because I think so it's so easy right now to, to look at it and say, I can make a ton of money doing that. And, and it's, and it's easy because the values are going up. And then I also think a lot about when you make the purchase, a, a lot of people are sitting on a lot of things right now and just checking sold listings and being like, Oh, I'm rich. Yeah. It's yeah, called realize. Nothing, for, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, nothing it, matters. until you realize profit. profits. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yep. And, and that's not easy. Because okay, cool. Go try and sell sell an asset for ten thousand dollars, and talk to me about how that makes you feel in your body. The the process you go through, the relationship you now have with the person, the responsibility you now have with the person, all that. Absolutely. It's cute exhausting. to look at a, a someone else did it and just say I'm rich. It's mm-hmm. exhausting. Or yeah. or having to live with the fact that you just sold that card at ten and now it's thirty k. Yeah, and we so talk about that. Have a lot. that do you have that in you as well? Because that's another emotion that cannot be let go. I mean, that's, there's a lot of regret there. There's a lot of FOMO in buying. There's a lot of, I mean, just so many different things that are not for the week. They're not for the and week. And we talked to, we talked about that with MC sports cards when he was on is, you know, basically every card you sell is going to go up or down. And some of these cards are going to go up a lot. We talked, we've talked about it when we, I had, you know, I used to own Mahomes national treasures, uh, patch autos that were nine, five tens, Sold them for three grand a piece, and those are sixty, sixty-five thousand dollar cards. Multiple, right? Like it happens. I, I had a Luca NT at a twenty. Sold it for less than twenty grand. Those cards are eighty-five, ninety thousand dollars. I mean, this—that's part of the game. Is but every move you make gets you one step yep. closer to the 100%. end goal. You would have never right? bought anything so, else that you had. Exactly. You would have never, that card could have gone down. I mean, it just, it works both ways. Yeah. I think that's like a fair, like what we, what you just said out there, Ryan is so fucking valuable for people. Like we were saying, like it takes, it takes a lot to make a sale like that. And like knowing that you lost out on 60 K on something that hurts, but also you learned a lot making that sale and that 20 K set you up for something else. And that learning taught you something else. And the same way me and Tyler are talking about making an LLC and what does that mean? And all those learnings, it's all learning. And like the thing about cards that I love the most right now for me is that I'm learning how to like operate and like make decisions 100%. and like all that stuff is so important. And like the numbers are one part of it, but it really, at the end of the day, I truly believe the numbers don't matter. It's what you're learning when you're going through the day to day. Yeah. Sure. And, and a big difference between it in uh that and say the stock market which a lot of people can sit back and do and there's all these stories both on the good side but a lot on the horror side of uh, dumping money into robin hood and selling shorts and puts and all like like two months into the game you know at the end of the day i still have this to look at right it's still a tangible thing and, and it can be you know a source of you know people like collecting stuff people like having stuff around them so you actually feel it versus sometimes i think when when you're if you're day trading there's even more of like a you can kind of get caught because you're not you don't have to go to the post office to mail it you For don't sure. have to go through those practices you don't have to know the person on the other end who's making the purchase mm-hmm. you know and so even there's another level of like okay whether you want to call it the double a before you go into like the big leagues 
it, it's a great starting ground. And it's so funny because being around Gary for seven years, he always said, that's where I got my start. That's where I got my start. And now for me, it's been so much of like, yo, this is, this is sweet because I know I'm going to be able to apply these same lessons and principles across so many different things going forward. Mm-hmm. Even just, yeah, even just the, the, the ability to communicate of like walking up to a table and understanding this guy, you know, has this, I remember Javier Baez, bro, uh, heritage red ink. And I was looking at, at the this National. This man, Tyler, like, real quick. This man, Tyler, loves heritage. Uh, no, loves I mean, it. I do. I do. Loves <laughs> it. I do. Anyway, keep going. That was that, Those were my first couple cards, is buying mm-hmm. heritage at the National. $2 Ronald Acuna's. I bought 55 of them. <laughs> if I would have done that same thing and bought flagship instead of heritage, we would be we would be talking a little bit <laughs> <laughs> But th- But just the ability to communicate with that guy of understanding his tone of voice and understanding, you know, he's got 200 on this, but why is it scratched out or what, you know, this one's mm-hmm. sitting next to here. Just even mm-hmm. like little indications of how humans operate and communicate and, you know, just, just so much that brings so much opportunity to learn. I mean, it's just priceless couldn't agree more Mm -hmm. um so i think you know we've been going for like 25 minutes i'll just wrap it up a little bit tyler i think like you were saying right now you're a little bit more focused on the stock end of stuff and you're thinking about what's going on in the future of cards where do you see this whole hobby for for you and maybe for others as well in the next like six to 12 months i mean i think uh, finally now it's made me realize that this is the new normal mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know prices the amount of people in this the the seriousness of breakers the seriousness of grading like it finally hit me probably in the last three weeks that like okay this isn't you know a bubble or this isn't over you know i mean this is a thing bro like this is gonna be for a while um and so right now for me i'm kind of i've got a lot of long-term holds that I'm holding. Uh, I've got a lot of, um, you know, a lot of the flips that I made, you know, from a year ago are now in what I call Amazon stock or Apple Mm -hmm. stock or just stuff that I, you know, you own in the market that you're like, you know, I don't, I I could give it up right now, but I would just buy it back Mm -hmm. at this, you know, at probably higher prices than Mm -hmm. what I would right now. And so that's kind of the spot that I'm in right now is, is, is kind of just, holding because i mean i the the hobby is insane right now and the amount of people coming into it um we're going to see some special things whether it's you know a break in technology where you know i can have my whole collection sitting somewhere and i can actively just boom 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 buy sell transfer my this i just sold five psa trouts because he just hit five five jacks and i'll you know buy them back in a week from now when it goes back down and so I think a couple of di- a different things that, you know, the hobby is going to have in place, whether that's technology, whether it's still the same money, whether it's um, new influencers, obviously we got Mark Wahlberg. I mean, we got literally the amount we got, we got players with their own cards. We have players commenting on posts of $1.8 million cards, the best player in the world yeah. commenting like, the the things that are happening right now are for me what i see is like setting up for for like a long term industry whether it goes up and down in the next 2 3 4 years it could go down for sure but i know for sh- in my mind that in 10 years like this is still going to be a thing 
Mike Trout rookies are still going to be a thing. LeBron rookies are still going to be a thing because it's a physical asset um, that has rarity. And the pure fact of supply and demand says that more people are going to want this than there are available right now. Mm-hmm. And I so that's, that's a great way to great way to put a bow on a good conversation. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It, it will, we'll have to run it back, but T, thank you, man. This uh, it's been fun talking uh, Absolutely. from your career to just the inside of the whole thing, and I'm leaving this fired up myself. So thanks again for the time. Hundred percent. I appreciate you, boys. All right, so that was our interview with Tyler Wagner. Make sure you guys check him out on Instagram at Tyler Wagner. So let's get right into the next topic here. It's going to be our mailbag. As always, if you want to submit a question for us to answer on the show, feel free to submit them on Instagram or Twitter at cardtalkpod or send us an email. It's cardtalkpod at gmail.com. So this week's question comes from it's cardboard collect underscore cards and then the number four. And it says best player in the NBA 25 and under to put money into right now. So what do you guys think? So just to give the listeners some perspective on who this is going to include, first couple of big ones are going to be Giannis, Luka, Tatum, Trey, Booker, Jaw. You're going to have Mitchell, Fox, Bam, MPJ, Shea, Kobe White, Rui, Hero, uh, Ben Simmons. There's a lot more on this list that's just the initial list. I think a lot of all the guys we're going to use are on that list. Yeah, but... Giannis, like, I don't know if he fits the. I guess if we're t- twenty five and under, he's like twenty five and a half. Sounds like twenty five and under. Yeah, I, I guess he's more twenty five than not. Okay, 25. you can you can include him. Okay, uh, you included Michael Porter Jr. on that list. Yep. Sweet. All right, let's get into it. What do you think, Rye? I debated this for a minute. The first couple that stand out to me are. Ru or our hero, Tatum and Shea. It's it's not going to be Shea for me. I I like Tatum a lot. Tatum's in a big market that intrigues me. He's going to be the superstar on the team. They're going to be a top two or three team in the in the East each year. Uh, I've been on the Tatum train for a while. I think that's been pretty known. So I just I hero at his prices intrigues me a lot because he's got a lot more potential to rise there. Um, the Heat are are deep they're gonna have potential to make a run so to me it's gonna be one of those two guys uh Giannis is an intriguing one though Giannis is likely gonna win you would assume back-to-back MVPs uh I mean they're gonna be probably the favorites to come out of the uh out of the east I mean dude's gonna be 25 winning back-to-back MVPs that's crazy I think the thing I need to see from Giannis before I would pay those prices is you got to win something meaningful. You got to get to at least the NBA finals. And I haven't seen that yet. So um, at the moment, if I'm buying today, Tatum or Rui are, are likely my first two if, or Tatum or hero are my first two. If I'm picking one specifically, I'd probably go hero just for the, just for the value play. That is not what I would have expected. But interesting. Yeah. Go, I, I, Lou. What, what's your ceiling on hero? Devin Booker. And if he is Devin, like, you think he can be the face of a franchise? I don't expect Jimmy Butler to be there forever. Jimmy Butler seems to self-implode anywhere he goes. 
I agree. So you would assume it's got to be Hero on that team? I mean, Duncan Robinson's cool, but he's not doing much. I mean, Kendrick Nunn, I'm going to take Hero over Nunn. Uh, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm taking Hero. The other guys are just, they go up every single day and it just, you know, Tatum had one bad game a couple weeks ago and everyone's like, man, Tatum's not that good. Tatum's not that good. Prices fall a little bit. And I just, there's so much more volatility in that higher end stuff. I mean, Luca mm-hmm. PSA 10s are two grand now. Mm-hmm. Like, an injury or something like that just worries me so much more in cards that are that 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 expensive. So for me, I'm trying to take the upside on a, on a guy that has potential to be a top two or three player on a team that could certainly be in the finals. I just, to me, I'm going Hero. Yeah, got it. Yeah, for me, um, I'm prob- I love Tyler Hero, as discussed on the show. But um, I would probably say either Booker. Well, I don't know why you're so anti-Tyler Hero. It's very strange. Um, I just think he's a middle-of-the-pack NBA guy. It's like... Devin Booker was a middle of the pack NBA guy until like Devin Booker was not really in a middle but, of the pack NBA but, guy. But keep going. T- go. Sorry. Go. Go ahead, Ryan. What were you gonna say? I was just gonna say, I mean, you're Tyler being so anti-Tyler Hero, but being so pro can't ever stay healthy MPJ is just This is the 2020, 2020 in a nutshell. Is, is by far and away off the charts. If you look at the NBA successful NBA players, like the guy is K, his body, KD light, what he can do from his size. Tyler Hero Except for the is whole like every single year. When is the dude. last time Michael Porter Jr. was healthy for six months in a row? Uh, middle, he middle had school. back surgery 18 months ago, and they held and him didn't out. Play in his, didn't play in his freshman year of college. Because they're hurt. getting him healthy. No, he was like, hurt. If we want to have he this debate, you're surgery. talking about my man Tyler Hero who's missed time for ankle like injuries and is a middle-of-the-pack <laughs> shooting guard. Top. Keep going. And, and MPJ was like a number one high school prospect, a top pick that fell because his back, and they held him out for two years because they realized how important he is. And I'm not even going to pick Michael Porter Jr., but to compare the two on paper is asinine. Go right, well, that was that was just mean. But um, I love Tyler Hero. I'm not picking Tyler Hero either. Um, I'm going to probably pick either Booker or uh, Luca. The reason I'm going to say I'm going to pick Luca is because. I truly believe he's probably the safest guy you could possibly buy right now. Obviously the price point is much higher. Um, but I just think there's so much room to grow on him when you look at, you know, yeah. what Giannis prices are right yeah. now. It hasn't done anything. Um, and then Booker, I, you know, I, I still hold firm. I'm confused on the Booker thing. I get it, but I don't at the same time, but obviously everyone loves him. So I would probably put some money there as well. I think the most intriguing thing with Booker is, does he end up in New York? Because yeah. that, that conversation has, happens with like every single know, young player. Single player it's such a so stupid tough, thing. But, like. <laughs> but if I mean if he stays in Phoenix, I'm not I'm not as optimistic about some of his prices. But if he goes to a major team, I think there's definitely some more upside. But I mean that kid is Draymond got fined fifty grand for tampering. I mean, Javin Booker is a star. That was an unbelievable comment by Draymond, by the way. Yeah. Your who's your final pick? My so my final pick this? is Luca. Is Luca. Got it. And uh, yeah. I think on the eye test, when I think about early LeBron, Luca to me is someone that at every single second that he is on the court is in control of the game. Yeah, slow. Like he he is he plays slow and yet so fast. And that's when I think about LeBron and the way that LeBron manufactured himself for the finals every year. I think is you're going to start getting incredibly surprised at how because. Uh, the Mavs record this year is like all time bad in terms of like one possession losses. But I think you're going to, he's going to learn a lot from that. And you're just going to see somehow for no reason at all, 
Luca just starts to win games because he's in control of everything. But I still would not take him if I'm saying, okay, I can invest in one guy for the long term and hold. To me, it is Devin Booker right now, and it is because of the reasons of how I think about getting into different cards in general. You said it's like 12, it's over 10K in terms of base prism, PSA 10, Lucas. Lucas over 12K. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. Uh, Devin Booker, his base is just over 1,000, 1095. 2015 product versus 2018. There's a lot less printed. The demand was not the same. You know, that was like the first, Luca was like the first chase that came in. Luca's go, or uh, Booker's going for arguably half. It's two or three years younger. So, what does the next two or three years look like for Luca to skyrocket him? Uh, the Mavs are much more of a mass market team than the Phoenix Suns. They got Mark Cuban, carries a lot of weight there. He already made a play, brought in Chris Stapps. So, I think that all those factored in. But Booker is either going to hopefully not stay in Phoenix. If he does stay in Phoenix, I don't think I'm as right, but I think he leaves and goes to a mass market team. He's dating like the most famous female, arguably in the world right now. You want to give it cultural points. And yeah, his base is going off at 1200. There's a thousand of them. Luca's going off at 2000. There's 10,000 of them. And Booker is two, three years younger. He played more in, uh, I think he played one more year in college. Luca didn't even play play college. college, Yeah. Yeah, um, He's international. Yeah, I just I think for all those factors included, mainly supply and demand, I'd start there, and then Booker's skills on the court, I think are all time next level, and it's going to translate once he gets a little bit of a team around him, which might end up being Phoenix. So that's where my head's at, Devin Booker. Yeah, so all three of us different uh different plays on that. All right, so let's get into our next discussion. This is going to be Stump the Shop, which is brought to you by eBay. Stump the Shop is where Tyler and Lou team up to try to stump the shop, which is myself. Each team's given $1,000 to grow that over the next few weeks by buying and flipping cards on eBay. And then the team, Tyler and Lou or myself, that ends up with the most money at the end of the segment will be the winner. So Tyler and Lou, I want to start with you guys because it sounds like you guys might be making some sort of play here. You've made some purchases, but it sounds like we might be moving towards maybe selling some stuff. So why don't we uh, why don't we get into that? Yep. It's time to make a sale, Tyler. I think I agree. We've thought about it. We've seen what's going on. We are aware of Ryan and his sneaky little misnamed auctions and whatnot. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take this PSA nine. Bulbasaur first edition. Let me get it right up on the camera there, and we are going to list our it. Our boy Bulba. Our boy Bulbasaur. Our boy Bulba. The thought on Bulbasaur when we bought it was Bulbasaur is one of the three starter Pokemon's. For people who aren't aware, when you play it on the Game Boy Color, Game Boy whatever, Game Boy Advance, you have to pick between Charmander, Squirtle, and Bulbasaur. So these three are always the most popular. When not the most popular, but the pe- the ones you think of when you first think of Pokemon. Um, so. We bought this for $325 plus tax and fees uh, a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago at this point. Um, and today we're going to list it. So um, can what I want to do is I want to go through the whole process. I want to look at recent yep. sales. I want to look at recent prices. And then I want to make a call me and you together here. We're going to do our team meeting with Ryan, which is kind of stupid, but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> Seems yep. to be consistently mm-hmm. that yeah. I'm involved well, Ryan, in the team meeting. You're busy. We're fighting an uphill battle not to make a single excuse, but... I mean, Not to make an excuse, but here's custom, an excuse. You, you got customers walking into your shop every single day. Begging you to You're buy like, your cards. hey, I just picked up this great Garrett Cole lock, <laughs> you know, and I see you walked in with a Pittsburgh Pirates hat. 
and a Yankees t-shirt. And Everything I, feel I like sell is might, on eBay. <laughs> I feel like you might just be the in the market here, for a Gary Cole is an song. eBay listing. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, let's get into it. All right, so one thing to notice on Pokemon is the pri- the auctions aren't going to come up as much. There's not going to be as many of them because the population reports are so low. I actually don't have it in front of me. I should have had that in front of me. Tyler, if you could look it up while we're lo- while yep. doing this here. Well, so recent sales, I believe this one went for about uh, 700 we could check that yep, one and as well. for those not uh not watching on video we're talking uh just what was your search on ebay there bulbasaur first edition bulbasaur. Uh, psa 9 yeah so cool. typically i would go a little bit more deep but you don't need to but for the purposes of this it'd be 1999 um and you can see the recent sales there so 545 was the last auction for a bulbasaur psa 9 that was july 31st so what we're going to do is we're going to list this. I did it a little bit. I got in, in Lou real quick. Yep. It's important to notice on that is that's an international. So that's a Canada Canadian sale. There are other sales that are non-Canadian. So that sometimes will have a uh, factor into it. If someone doesn't want to wait the extra couple of days for shipping. So I think that's important to note. Yep, for sure. So then here was another one as well in the U.S. That went for 635 with 60 bids the previous Which day. is one day earlier. Yep, one day earlier. So 545, 635. This is a buy it now for $300. I don't know how that was so low, but uh, that's fine. Good for that person who bought that. Ryan, that's a great point. I, I just want to call that out real quick. I haven't thought much about that with how liquid and fast-paced the market is right now. And that matters. There's also import fees when you buy international as well sometimes. That's another yep. thing to consider. Yeah, it's like I bought a card 10 days ago from Canada that hasn't shown up yet, but I buy it from anywhere in the U.S. and it's here within three days. Mm-hmm. It's... I mean, knock on wood, typically. Yep. Mm-hmm. But all right. So the process of listing, I got ahead of it a little bit. But what you would do here is you would go to the top of your account, you would click sale, and then I'm going to search 1999 Pokemon uh, Bulbasaur. PSA nine. No one spells better than me. I'm the best at spelling. Um, so then, the good thing about eBay here is they give you the things you get so on like this, which does a lot of the legwork of the actual listing for you. Um, so mm-hmm. this is this is exactly what I have right here. I'm going to click sell one like this. I would do new. Everything is going to be in here when it loads in. So this is every, pretty much everything you have here except for the photos. I did one over here. So this is the exact listing I'm going to go with. 1999 Pokemon game base. First edition Bulbasaur, number 44, PSA 9, Mint. I have my two photos right here. There's the main right there. There's the back right there. Took this on my phone real quick. They're a little bit off-centered. Probably not to Ryan's liking, but that's just too bad. And then um, I'm going to do an auction. So we're going to do an auction. We're going to start at 99 cents for seven days. So this comes out on Wednesday. So when the next episode records, we will have the final results of this auction. Hopefully it'll be going off as we're on the air. I can't wait to have that reaction. Um, 99 cents. Do you want to do offers, Ty? Nope. No, you want to just run it? Nope. Let's just run it out. All right. We're going to do a seven day auction as well. Um, question Ryan, do you think about timing when you list? I was literally going to go into that. So I have uh, employees that list cards, well, list cards for me, and I do not list anything during the day. Most people are working during the day. I mean, obviously, COVID changes that, but I'm not searching for eBay auctions at 5.50 on a Monday. I'm searching for cards on a Sunday night at 9.30. So this is important here. As much as I would love to see this card go for $240 and for you guys to take a fat L on this. It, t- I'm uh, buying it if it goes for $240. <laughs> <laughs> We're buying it back. 
when it sells matters. So typically Sunday is the best day to end on. I know some people are big on Tuesdays, Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. Um, Typically I end stuff every day, but I'm very big on doing it at night. So even if you do Monday to Monday, you do a seven-day auction, you can still pick when it starts and you can just do it for the evening. That won't make as big of a deal, but during the day, I'm not as big on. So I'd pay the 10 cents and schedule the listing. And if you're watching on video, Lou's doing that right now. So it'll start tonight at 9 My psychology, my psychology, I like to end stuff on Friday nights and Saturday nights sometimes because I feel like uh, that's when I'm most apt to make a fun purchase. I feel like those are also the most likely time for you to be preoccupied by some sort of social event. It's fair. I guess there's just not many social events happening in the world. Touche. And I also, yeah, and I just try to map my own consumer behavior like, oh, you know, a whiskey or a bourbon on a Friday night and like closing out. Friday is also payday. Yeah. That's what I've thought about. I've always tried to end Friday or Saturdays, but to your point, Sunday is probably a, a strong one. I just know my mood on Sunday is typically not like a fired up to spend money. It's like a get focused for the week and like try to battle some Sunday scary sometimes. Whereas like Friday, Saturday, you're like feeling good and want to make a purchase. But it's it's all these things are a factor in trying to make a sale. All right. Well, I'm going to schedule this end at 9 p.m. on a Monday night. And that's what we're going to do. Thoughts? I like it. All right. That's because we're a team. Because we're a team. Make, Ryan, make team decisions and Ryan's selfish. So that's how that goes. Uh, Ryan selfishly told you that to not listed at four o'clock on a Wednesday or on a Monday. Yeah, but you're Ryan, also. We know you're just trying to throw us off. The yeah, like you can keep <laughs> trying, but it's not going to work. All right, so ship your item. I have all this input here already because I sell other stuff. But six ounces, it's a cheap. It's a small little package. Buyer calculate shipping. Do you do free shipping or do you do calculated shipping? So everything on my shipping on my page is three ninety five. But I will also say this is a very important thing, especially if you're new on selling on eBay. I ship. 55 auctions every single day. We ship breaks. Uh, I do not ship hardly anything above four ounces. Why? One one to four ounces is the same exact amount of, uh, is the same exact price. When you get to five and six ounces, it goes for more money. So 90% of it is, is if you ship that in a team bag and you throw inside a bubble mailer and you put cards in each side, it's not more than four ounces. All right, well. That's that's so a big we'll for do your because I did not know so that. So we typically do four ounces. I mean, because you're probably looking at about a 55 to 75 cent difference. And on each package, 50 a day, that's going to add up, especially multiple days throughout the week. So no. most of what we do is four, four and ounces. And then you're doing that's, free shit. Like, do you eat the shipping or do you charge? No. no. $3.95, I think is what it is now on everything, every single thing. And that's probably cheap. Shipping costs go up every couple yeah. of months at this point. I always just do and buyer base. it's going to go up more if you're paying attention to what's going on with the USPS right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always just do buyer pages because it's the easiest and then it just yeah, goes. Yeah, I always do buyer yeah. pays calculated shipping. All right, so I'm going to do four ounces and we're going to preview the listing real quick here to take a look at it. This just reeks of a W right in Ryan's face. Yep. Um, and uh, yep. we're going to list it. You ready? You know, question. Where do you stand on... Uh, emojis in the title i hate emojis in big, titles i'm a big emoji in the title guy i hate emojis like I, I, if it was me i would throw the leaf emoji on the end do you of ever get thing. on ebay and search for the leaf no but i but it, but when it's stopping pa- it's stopping power when you're scrolling i know what tyler's saying you don't search with the leaf but you see the leaf and you're like what's going yeah. on here i know it what you're saying tyler. Me in so does all caps or bold listings or no, those, those that's some that's some old saying. school seller it's just thought a nice process. touch like if i'm if i'm out there just purchasing saying. pokemon I think I enjoy it a little bit more. I'm on. I'm on a put PC. the leaf on there and end it. Put the leaf on there and end it on Monday at 
Five o'clock. Oh my, see, you're you're, you're challenging me, and now I'm gonna do it, and I don't even want to. Wait, no, 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 no. The green one, bro. Here, I'll send Put it right here. Put a fall leaf. I just Googled leaf yeah. emoji. Leave me alone. Yeah, but we, you need the green this because one? he's Bulbasaur and he's green. The one I just sent in the chat. I love being a part of these team meetings. They're a disaster. You're a disaster. Here we go. We're focused. Every detail matters. Sorry, we want to win. All right. So we're gonna we're not going to schedule it anymore because now Ryan annoyed me. And uh, we're just going to run it. Yeah, let's run it. All right. So like I'm also going to say, I, I'm going to be the guy who says this. Don't buy something because we're listing it. That's a horrible idea. I understand. Don't do that, though. If you want to buy it, buy the card. Don't just buy it because it's here. Thank you. List it. This is so sneaky. It's not sneaky. I don't, I don't love this play, man. I should have gotten the Pokemon game Yeah, you earlier. made a big mistake. Yes, you should have. We are live. So we'll be, this will be going off at 5.55 when we finish up the show next week. So we need to make sure we're recording because as this goes off, I'm going to be going crazy. Yep. All right. And I can't believe we actually sold it or are listing it because it's such a the last thing I'm doing is selling Pokemon I literally cards, listed a bunch of sports cards on Instagram yesterday because I only want to buy Pokemon cards. But here we are. Here we are. All right. And that'll be we it. We have one goal and it is to stump the shop. <clears throat> So I only made one play this week. Um, I told Lou about it before it started. I was on like Friday night. I was searching. Again, I, I'm. you guys took the approach, and this is very different, and I love that we did this. You guys took the approach of underpriced assets. We think these things have potential. This is why we bought the Bulbasaur, right? Starter Pokemon, a 9 versus a 10. There might be some room there. Love that strategy. I took it as things getting listed incorrectly, things getting listed too low, like different, if you find things at the right time, like first thing listed or misspelling or things like uh, not enough description in the in the title, I think there's there's money to be made there. And that's where I've gone with this. Um, I bought the Garrett Cole lot. I've bought in a soccer lot. I bought a vintage baseball lot. I bought, uh, and then I bought an item on last week that was, misspelled um so it was a 101 rookie gold vinyl it was a psa 9 and it was misspelled uh there was a the last name was spelled wrong in the first name's comment so that i think that's a that's an interesting take here once i get it in i'll I'll show it but uh just searching football cards ending soonest auctions um typically somewhere between 8 45 and 10 p.m eastern standard time is a good time when i look for those and then I'll search like price above $25 because I'm not looking for like dollar cards. And then you just scroll ending soonest and you just go through there and and find out, you know, see if you can find any deals. I actually ended up buying another lot of Deshaun Watson on Sunday night. So I actually bought two things and it was listed as like Deshaun Watson uh, rated rookie lot. And I want it for like $71 and there was an optic red yellow rookie. There was a Donruss rated rookie and there was a select rookie. And I added it all up and got to like 118 and I think I paid 71 bucks for it. So I'm going to I'm going to have some work to make up because you guys are taking $300 and turning it into 600 and I'm taking 70 and turning it into 120. Yeah. So I've got a lot more work to do. You um, will be dancing if that thing goes off at 600. Yeah, you should be fired up if it only goes for six i'm not kidding ryan you're about to get smoked on this car <laughs> and that and that might be the case 
right? You don't need 16 years of experience. I think that's what we're trying to show here is that you don't need to be the the expert. And if you know what you're talking about and you, you put some money into what you know, you can you can do well. So yep. 399 is the population on that card. Population 399, 399 on that PSA 9 bulb. Sorry. Largest IP in the world. Is equivalent By a to country like mile. A, so, you, you know, you take Star Wars, you got Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, Darth Maul, all these different characters. He's the top five character in the biggest IP in the world. And that's how we feel. So that is Stump the Shop. Stump the Shop is brought to you by eBay, your number one stop for buying and selling trading cards and memorabilia. Last but not least for this week's episode, we have the latest launch. So this is upcoming products for this week. We're, we've got a baseball and a football release, uh, Panini Elements football, and I believe Bowman Sterling baseball comes out this week, but those are not the main one we want to focus on. It is Darkness Ablaze. We've talked about this for a couple episodes now. The newest Pokemon release is set to come out this Friday, August 14th. So, Lou, Ty, any uh, any quick thoughts on the new Pokemon release? Um, I think the new Pokemon, we talked about it a little bit last week. There's not the Charizard that people thought was going to be in it, but there is a Charizard VMAX, uh, which is going to go, it's going to be a super popular card. There's a Butterfree. Um, there's, a, there's a bunch of good VMAXs in there, and then it's just adding to the to the hotness of Pokemon. So, I'm excited about it. I got my case coming. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited for our boy Leon Hart. Everything Pokemon, I think, back to that episode. Great. Good friend of the good friend of the crew and then uh, i'm really excited to see uh, i imagine it's really going to go there's going to be a lot of unboxing on twitch i think you're going to see the gaming community start to creep in i think this is the first big product release for pokemon and uh and and those two worlds are going to collide a little bit more i'm i'm interested to see if someone's going to do a run through of pokemon blue or red on twitch off the back of opening some packs so yeah i'm just generally excited i think you know that that nostalgia. I, I don't. I don't have any of it coming my way. Um, I'm not tapped in. I'm focused on the early stuff. 1999 game. I think we should open a box. 2000 Team Rocket. But yeah, maybe we'll open a box and do some some live just for fun next week. And uh, if you gotten this far, really appreciate it. Give us all feedback. We're working to put out some more day to day content. And uh, thanks again from the crew. Apple feedback. Apple reviews. Super big. Five stars if you love it. That'd be lit. Thank you. That's a wrap on Card Talk this week. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen and get notified when we publish a new episode. It'd mean the world to us if you gave us a five-star rating and shared this episode with a friend. We'd love to answer your questions, so email us at cardtalkpod at gmail.com and we'll get to it in the next episode. Card Talk is a 1.37 p.m. podcast and a Gallery Media Group original production.